what society thinks. They're nothing anyway. They're no better than me. Until we have a safe word, we will not stop. So listen, we're gonna hold ass like 45 minutes. Done. I'll bang it out. You give me a thumb up when, you, when you're ready, when we need to wrap up. Okay, because okay. I'm just parked right there. Yeah. And then I'll just get on the road. All right. Let's do this. Put it on, uh... Ask for a cup. Cool. You gonna be able to hear it right there? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Following your lead, homie. Yeah, man. This is loose. Is loose. Loosey goose. Like a loose bike chain on a downhill. Hey, Dang. this is Jason Rouse, and uh, welcome to Safe Word Podcast. On the show today, BMX legend. Yes. Right. Keep it going. That's it. I got uh, one title. Egg, this sucks, man. I haven't. I haven't like. Click it. Rick Thorne is on the show today. It's very exciting. I remember, uh, you know. Like it must have been about three or four years ago, I saw you eyeing up that ledge on Sunset by the car wash. Oh yeah, that's I, a good I'm one. Like, oh, I'm like, oh, there's a BMXer. Oh, that's fucking Rick. Yeah, man. And you were eyeballing, like, oh, this is cool. I didn't know that you actually lived in the neighborhood, and I kind of was like, oh, okay, there's at least a BMX present around here in some level. Yeah, I mean, I've been hanging out up here since, like, about 96, bro. Where'd so, you move from? Kansas City, Missouri. That's where I was born and raised. Kansas City, Missouri. Yeah, yeah I grew up I grew up with Dennis McCoy, the legend BMXer, so uh, that's... Dennis was, like, the Wayne Gretzky, uh, like, he had a... Great public persona. Oh, yeah. Uh, his contribution, and you, we were talking earlier, he'd been running um, uh, events and things like that for your... Jay Miron, same same deal. Oh, Jay's badass, yeah. You know? Yeah, <laughs> the with Canadian the, beast. The Canadian beast. Dennis, let's go, let's, you know, just to, to talk to him mm. about him briefly, is go back to 1985, you know, we were best buds. He had just graduated high school. I was in 10th grade. He became the number one pro in the world. And, Flatland and, and all of it yeah, over, all overall he was it. he was the number one pro yeah. and so that's your best friend and so he was the very first athlete sponsored outside of California because yeah. up until that point it was all like Viola Dominguez Blythe are the California guys you know because it's where the industries were it hadn't reached you out Mike Dominguez yeah, oh, yeah. oh yeah Mike Dominguez Brian Blythe Eddie Fiola yeah. those were the old school dudes Rich Seeger those guys and uh uh, and Dennis was the first to kind of, and Martin Aparillo is another one, but Dennis was the first to come in the scene because he loaded up his truck or his feather duster and drove out to Venice uh, for the AFA uh, contest there, and he won. And then they're like, oh, shit. And he was already getting flow, and after that he went full factory. So, anyways, it was just exciting to uh, uh, grow. Post Matt Hoffman, because Matt yeah. Hoffman kind of did the ground-up circus yeah. Traveling, built the ramp, showed up at towns. Yep. Oh, uh, Oklahoma. Where's he from? Oklahoma City. Oklahoma City. Yeah. Was Brian, well, technically Edmond, Edmond, Oklahoma. And but, did he uh, was 
Matt was kind of the pioneer of that when BMX was at an all-time low yeah. to, to go, okay, well, we're going to have to bring this shit to the people. Yeah, the difference was with Dennis was is Dennis was... Money behind him, probably. Well, the industry was doing good. And then in 1988, the industry crashed. Yeah. And that was the years that I was getting better as an amateur. And I was winning amateur comps, but it was like the dark ages. Like, all the teams dropped, all the sponsors bailed out, companies yeah. went out of business. And then... Skateboarding took off in the... Y- yes, skateboarding did, but even... even but even though I remember touring with Tony Hawk in uh, 1992. Oh, no, sorry. Uh, I remember touring with Tony in 1995, I think, or 96. 96. Was sorry. that like a swatch tour? No, check it out. To answer your question, in 96, we went to Australia. And I remember Tony saying, I hope that they bring us back next year. Because we went from, like, doing state fair shows to, like, this this, this thing called the Big Day Out Tour, which is, like, 30,000 kids, Rage Against the Machine, yeah. Pornos for Pyros. Yeah. It was, like, insane. A ramp right in the middle. And I was so excited going from, like, eating corn dogs to, like, crab legs, bro. I'm being real. Yeah. Having your own room with the jacuzzi in the room. It was crazy, bro. I was, like, tripping. And I said to Tony, man, I hope we come back to this shit next year. And I remember Tony specifically saying, yeah, I don't know how much longer I could do this. Because even at that time, skate industry wasn't doing as good. It wasn't until the X Games, whether people want to admit it or not. X Games really opened the eyes to a lot of people across the world to get more involved in BMX, skate, and all of it. Whether you like it or not, it's the truth, bro. And, and Netflix has done that with comedy. Yeah. Oh, Netflix 100% with comedy, dude. Yeah. Like, yeah. It, it, was, it was humming along, you know, at peak of hell, but now it's put Olympic medals in the comedy realm. Yeah, you know, either offered uh, 72 million bucks for Eddie Murphy to do a, two specials or something. It's crazy. <laughs> but, and, but the people that pay for it are the people that get the subscriptions. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of money in that. And then you also got like Amazon Prime, Apple TV, yeah. on down the line, everybody. Yeah, yeah, it's Wild but, West. But Netflix is, look, dude, I remember growing up, bro, speaking comedy, there was very few that, that you could buy. Or that I remember even the movie theaters. Like Richard Pryor was in a movie theater. Yeah. I think live on the Sunset Strip or something. Yeah. There was only a few you could buy. Yeah. And it was it was like finding BMX videos. You had to like sparse. You had to seek and destroy, find that shit. Mm-hmm. Now it's and there were copies flooded, of copies, flooded, of copies. You get flooded. a tape and it would have it all washed out VHS shit yeah. all over. Yeah, yeah, man. Yeah. I grew up watching the Richard Pryor, George Carlin. My mom pretty much let us watch. We watched it with him. Like we got yeah. to watch whatever we wanted. Sure. I mean, like that 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 cussing and stuff wasn't a big deal where I was from. No. And so we would watch all that shit. And I remember dreaming like, dang man, Richard Pryor. Be, he was my favorite. Yeah, we're just at the comedy store. Yeah. Like in the in the this, we're literally in the. Uh, like the store as you've seen over the last while is, is exploded like the attendance the shows the amount of foot traffic just going through there on a regular basis That's thousands it. and thousands of people I think that has to do a lot with I mean just knowing what it did with, with action sports or if you want to say action sports or whatever it's kind of a cheesy term to, to use but like uh, BMX skate and stuff is because of the media so Netflix with all these comedy specials people want to go see these people now because they're, they're they, they have access to watch them yeah. so they want to go see the you know Joe Rogan or Bill Burr because I mean they're great they're great comics but now they get a chance to actually see them and, and know they exist you know what I'm yeah, saying and follow them on their podcasts all their yeah. social media platforms so the time they show up to see you live they already know exactly about your life and who you are and what you're going to do opposed to just showing up at a comedy club and people like for me listen people who come to my show who just think they're coming to a comedy show 
uh, are very disappointed. Why? Why would you say that? <laughs> Did you watch? Have you seen any of my I nonsense? I haven't. I haven't. I know you sent me that link, <laughs> but, but I just agreed to do the podcast right away. Yeah. Because I was like, yeah, let's just do it because we had met. But uh, I, I will watch it though. But tell me why. <laughs> <laughs> tell me why. It's something. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Are you dark and deep and? I'm the worst. What do you mean? You're like you're like. I'm the worst. Like no jokes, but more kind of like. No hilarious jokes. Terrible things. Oh. Terrible. Oh, like oh, babies dying and shit like that. If I'm, that's where we start. Oh, that's where you start. But then I hand out baby skin wallets after the show. Damn! (laughs) You're like Ed Gein. You know who that is? Do you know who Ed Gein is? Dug up. I got tattoos. (laughs) Do you? That's in Wisconsin, bro. They're crazy over there. When I got into stand-up, you know, Jim Carrey was a massive influence in my comedy. And then once I started to make these trips to Europe. Is that the first time you got into comedy was Jim Carrey? No. I'm just being honest. It's so cool if it is. Oh, no, 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 no. Did you see early stuff, too, like prior and Carter Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, I have, we had records. You know, I've been listening Cheech to... Cheech and Chong and shit. Cheech and Chong. Tommy Chong's also Canadian. Oh, is he? Yeah. Uh, I didn't know that. Tommy Chong. Do you know they played at the Roxy, and they opened up... Uh, Bob Marley opened up for Cheech and Chong at the Roxy. and that's, that's one of the classic... I think that that's was... insane. A, yeah, because I saw a Bob Marley documentary, and we're taking this everywhere, but I just got to say this. Of course. Is... Uh, he did a tour and and he did more kind of like a promotional like hey this is I'm Bob you know you're not getting paid the money you're making yet and uh, one of the stops was the Roxy and they opened up for Cheech and Chong fucking imagine being at that damn show Fuck the smell. Amazing, bro. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah and the yeah, weed. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Crazy. Yeah. I remember a friend of mine went and saw Ziggy Marley at the Commodore Ballroom in Vancouver, and he said, as soon as the band started, the whole place just was like a tire fire with smoke. That's crazy. No, but comedy, comedy's always been big with the music. I mean, even even the Roxy, they used to book comedy gigs before yeah. bands, you know? Kinnison and Dice. Yeah. All those guys, you know, the strip was like between... People would go from the Rainbow all the way down to the Comedy Store. That was kind of that. This was kind of the the run, right? But that's what. Well, that's pretty much all we got left of the Strip right now. I know, and literally. I mean, there was a lot of things that have been here that have closed. Yeah. A lot, a lot of things, a lot of things. Oh my gosh, like venues for bands, yeah, uh, bars, d- diners, shit, like a lot of things have, have gone away. Yeah, um, what, what is the future? Is this is Hollywood going to turn into a large strip mall? Is Man, it? I don't know. I think I think Sunset's turning more into kind of like a Westwood. This is my opinion. I mean, I don't know, but like my opinion is, I think they run the whole Sunset Boulevard for investors, and they say, oh, on Sunset Boulevard in Hollywood, cha cha cha, and it's just gonna be, if it's if it's all just apartments and condos and shit like that, it's like that's what Westwood is. Yeah. You ever been to Westwood? No, it sound sounds boring. Oh, it's just it's like million dollar, million dollar apartments and shit, like. Yeah. It's, it's you know, by the school and this and that. And Upper middle class professionals. There's nothing to do, but... There's no puke on the sidewalk look, there. Dude, I heard they're tearing out the Viper. From the Viper oh, to... Oh, I heard. House. I heard. That's insane. And it's what sacrilegious. They, what they want to do is build a building. Of course. Because the people in the hills are complaining to take away their view. This is just rumors. Yeah, yeah. And they want to make some glass thing in the middle of the building so those people could still see the view and put the Viper in the new bottom of the new building. I'm like, but it's not the Viper anymore. That's a Hollywood dick move. It's a business move. I it's get it's it. a bean counters coming in saying what can they make and they don't really care. And I get it, but I don't get it. Do you know what I'm saying? 
I know. Where's the, the, the line between nostalgia and uh, practicality, you know? like There isn't any when it comes to some people, I guess. you got to figure there was probably some guys sitting on a dirt road where we are right now going, I can't believe they're putting in a Starbucks. <laughs> Okay, here's a little tri- here's a little trivia for you. Doheny, the Doheny Mansion, right? That's old What's Doheny Mansion. Okay, the Doheny Mansion's down the street. You go up Sunset, you break off to Doheny, and you go that way. There's a park. It's a big house, and they turn it into a big park. Doheny's old oil money, so they own Doheny Hills, the whole deal. Do you ever see There Will Be Blood? Yeah. At the end of the bowling alley where he beats the shit out of him, kills yeah. him. That bowling alley is at the house. Okay. Okay, but you can't go in the house because like tours, right, type of stuff, sure. right? But the but the, the grounds is a park, right? Okay, so that was the Doheny oil money. That's where that's pretty much where Beverly Hills kind of started, right there. But there was nothing to connect that from Crescent Heights. Mm-hmm. So Sunset Boulevard is technically different than the Sunset Strip. The strip was just a connector yes. from Hollywood to the Beverly Hills, and that's where it connected at Doheny in that area. So think about living back in those days. The amount of people that were up here and how like it had to be super rad. I think like just less people. And, like, I came here 2001. I'd never been to the. the uh, I think I've been to New York once before that, and um, I came here 2001. I decided, okay, if I'm gonna do this show business shit, I'm gonna definitely have to need a green card. So yeah. I got my green card, moved here. I think. December of 2007, but when I got here, between it's easier to get it back then than it is nowadays. Huh? No, dude. They give a hard time. For After 9/11, it just got worse and worse and worse and worse. My buddies get green cards, man. It took them like three, four, five years and thousands of dollars, man. Four, four and a half years and about fifteen thousand. Canadian, fifteen. Fifteen Canadian. One five, yeah, fifteen thousand Canadian. That's about sounds a little more now. And I was I was lucky uh, to get a green card. So I just had that renewed for another 11 years now. So I'll be. So you got to pay to renew it. Uh, you know what? The renewal process, because the the process was. It's like a click, click on the line, right? Renew, click. I pay, went down click. there. The, uh, <laughs> listen, I was horrified because of the simplicity of it. I've been through like fin- fingerprints, fucking. Here's take more money, letters from people, blah 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 blah. And then I'm like having this anxiety building up towards my. I've got to get my green card renewed. There's no route, and they could just go. You know what? Fuck you. You're out of here. And I'm done on the yeah, spot. Yeah. So I've got all this. Months of anxiety. I finally get down to the building, and the office is empty. There's like three people there. I, I wait my turn with my ticket. I hand it. I'm trying to be as postured and, and citizen as possible, you know. No jewelry, nothing. <laughs> and the lady, she's cordial enough, and then she goes, "Okay, bye bye." That, huh, what? That's, that's it. it. That's it. That's it. You already went through the hell, dude. Yeah. yeah, I was like, I was expecting a grueling process here. Okay, well, we'll see if we can get you a new card in three months, or you know, you get it. And uh, I, I went out. I actually shook the lady's hand. I go, this is like the best part of the process. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I hope my, I, w- I really hope that that how my divorce went. It wasn't quite that simple. <laughs> oh, you, you got married. I've been married and divorced three times, bro. Three times? Yeah, three fucking dumb times. Three strikes and you're out. <laughs> I'm fucking done, bro. I'm done, bro. <laughs> Fuck that. And I never go. How did you have a traveling career as a, a right? Listen, I don't. <laughs> I'll tell you right now. Listen, here's the deal. No, man, this is this is some serious. Sorry, I don't mean to laugh. Oh, you can laugh all you want because it's funny. But like, here's some serious shit on the serious tip. You have one child. I have two. But here's 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 the serious shit. I was afraid to be alone 
So, like, when you have a, a fear of being alone, ab- yeah. abandoned as a child. Yeah, and exactly. Like, and I'm not sitting here to harp and cry. I'm 50 years old, bro. I ain't crying about my childhood. Fucking move on. But they're saying it's kind of stick sometimes, right? Dude, and I have You got the shit. same shit. I have cereal day. Yeah. Oh, sorry, I don't have dude. any money on me. Sorry. Okay. Um, and anyhow, uh, so you, there, there was other elements to, like, that as well. It's like, okay, I had a fear. I'll just open up and say how I was. A fear of being alone, people pleasing, and self guilt. Yeah. Now imagine having those three things, and you're trying to be in a relationship. Yeah. You're afraid to be alone. You're gonna people please. By me people pleasing, you're not gonna respect me. And so then I have self guilt because I can't enjoy things. So I just want to give you things, right? So after, 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 after you, what time did you like? How did you have that revelation? What, what series of events brought you to have that uh, kind of the third, the third divorce with two kids, and the I'm third like, one. yeah, and I was like, you know what, dude, like. What am I going to do? Run out and get another relationship? Or am I going to work on me? Because people talk about that shit all the time. And I'm like, you know what? Fuck that. So what I did is I seriously took it in my own hands. No therapy. i never done any medication, none of that kind of shit. And I said, okay, I'm going to learn how your brain works. How your subconscious mind works. And I found this guy called Napoleon Hill. Okay. I found 10 hours of his lectures online uh-huh. for 295 Napoleon Hill, if you don't know who he is, he's famous for writing the book Think and Grow Rich. It was all about, he teaches people about sales and stuff like that, he was, but he was also a motivational speaker. So here I am listening to his lectures, and this is like 40-something, you know, he's, he's an old school Tennessee dude, I think, some shit like that. And I learned how the subconscious mind works, of like, by what you think and say is what your outcome's going to be. And so then I said, okay, your subconscious mind never goes to bed. Well, that makes sense. They told you never fall asleep in front of the TV. So then I started thinking, I want to get some audiobooks on some issues that I feel like I have, being honest with myself, and sleep to them. Yes. Because my subconscious mind's yeah, listening. Yeah, psychological warfare with so yourself. So what I did was, is it's nothing that you do like once or twice and go, yeah, I'm healed. I still do it. I did it last night. You pick stuff or different books or things that you feel like you need, and it logs it, bro, while you sleep, bro. It's insane. (laughs) So, dude, so then then when I went into other relationships or met somebody, like Mm. say if I'd meet a girl and I thought, oh, this girl's cute, I'd like to get to know her, say hi to her, and then I start talking to her, I see red flags a lot easier now because I take care of me first and I don't feel bad for that. Do you understand what I'm saying? You're not trying to patch up somebody else's sinking ship. But that was my own problem, it wasn't theirs. That's why I tell anyone that's having problems in a relationship, look at yourself. Because there's a reason why you attracted that person, and there's a reason that person was attracted to you. Body language, the way you talk, your tone, the way you move, everything. What you do for them, what you don't do for them. And so, what I said was, I've had enough. I got two kids to raise, and at the time... Tired. At the time, the industry took a hit. BMX wasn't being nice to me at all. BMX was being totally, like, very disrespectful towards me because of the opportunities that I got through my personality. And I, I felt, like, very alone sitting in them hills. And so I hit I hit bottom, bro. I finally hit bottom. But it wasn't, like, hit bottom with drinking or drugs. No, or, that's the thing. I hit gambling. I've never been that. It was I hit bottom with, like... Depression. You, yeah. You need to fucking change. Oh, whole. You need to fucking change your whole shit and, like... Not just go meet somebody and 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 have that instant, you know. Oh, we'd be intimate and this and that, and oh, and then you take it on someone else's problems, or they're taking on yours. I want somebody that's got their shit together, bro. Do you understand what I'm saying? And that's why I remain single. But I also have kids, and so I want to raise my kids by myself mm-hmm. because 
I don't need anybody telling me how to raise my kids, and I don't want to be, I'd rather not be a stepdad. You feel what I'm saying? I so it's kind of confusing it. still totally a little bit. You no, know? no, of so it's always a work in progress. Yeah. But to have that time, uh, you know, it took me a long time to figure out being by myself and, like you were saying, working on yourself and being alone and comfortable with that. Yes. That took a while, you yes. know, and isolation and being exiled in some form or another uh, is a good time for you to be self-reflective. Yeah. And uh, 100%. It's a gift. It is, but it's 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 you have to you had to reprogram. Totally rewire your shit. And how I did I it was it scratching the record. Yeah. Because you get into these grooves, right? Yeah. And you got to drag the needle sometimes. That's a good one. Or scratch you, the record. Yeah. Scratch the record. Well, I think I think that like, you know, I just reached a point in my life where I needed to change, and there were some things that like, you know, not a perfect life. No one's life is. And then if you want a better life, it's like, well, just man up, you know, and and let things go and realize that like you know, let things go you That's were part of the one. you were part of the problem whether you believe it or not you're half it. it's 50 50 if if she's doing this where you're caretaking and taking care of her so why you let her do that you yeah. should say late have some self-respect and stand up for yourself and so uh you know those things took a long time for me even though i got like all that from riding and i'm doing the riding and i'm aggressive and i'm i got my helmet on and and I'm doing, expressing myself, doing whatever. But there was part of me the whole time that was just like the whole other side that was like, a shell. I was always on the run because I was afraid of being abandoned, afraid of being alone. Yeah. Gotta go, gotta yeah, go, yeah. gotta move, gotta move. And the camaraderie of BMX and stuff is kind of yeah, like a makeshift family. Yeah, times, you know, but yeah. it can be fleeting. Yeah, but it was also fun. I do it again. I can't wait to tour again. I had to stop to raise my kids. Here's the deal with that. I have my kids more. I have my kids 75 to 80 percent more. Uh, month to month, it changes. Uh, you have a good relationship. I do, but the I'm, mothers for both children, yeah, same from the same, yeah. for the same one. But like, the reality is, no family, no girl. If you ain't got the money in your account, then you ain't getting it. Because what happened to me at the time? I lost my house in the hills. I had to file bankruptcy. I owed the IRS a shitload of money. I owed this, I owed that, I owed that, I owed that. And I was focused on all the loss, all the loss, all the loss. And I kept getting lost. And I couldn't figure it out. And that's when I learned that you focus on what you want, not what you don't want. Because if you focus on what you don't want. Sand. Yeah, if you focus on what you don't want, you're asked to get that. Because that's where your subconscious mind works. It sounds There's so simple. Thing. I totally see. Hey, Wood from Canada. Should we wave at it? Made in Canada. Hey, listen, I'm very Cause patriotic. Because they, they used all the wood in America. <laughs> what do they love? Clean water. Because we keep building condos on the strip. Thank That's you. It. And apartments. Great. We need brick homes no, in we Canada. Need, we need a whole row of Sunset Strip of apartments. That'd be beautiful to look at. Oh, yeah. Everything like Well, that, nothing to do but down. just go sleep in an apartment. Yeah, it's going to be a different mojo around here in 10 years. It already is, bro. I'm looking right now. Tower Records. Okay, see that Chase building over there? Yeah. That used to be Tower Video. That's where Axl Rose worked. Believe it or not. Who? Axl Rose. Really? You know that guy in Guns N' Roses? You ever hear that guy? <laughs> <laughs> I think I heard of him. I think I heard of him. No, I, 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 I studied a lot of different stuff on the strip and bands and stuff. Yeah. And uh, that used to be, when I used to come up here back in the day, used to go into Tower Records and then Tower Video, you'd go over there. I mean, this is before, like, you know, digital stuff. Yeah, yeah. So that was like the little run you'd do. You'd go over there and look for punk rock, like, documentaries or movies. Yeah. And then, and then uh, uh, come over here and get the Underground records. Underground shit. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was, yeah. So anyway. That's cool. That's cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, uh, uh um, 
Are you traveling at all? Do you have any? I do. Well, here's the deal. It's it's very selective. It's not as intense as it used to be, and it hasn't been for years. But I'm still ready for it. Yeah. I still have been positioning myself with music. Now getting into comedy, writing to to be able to go on the road. Yeah. Um, but you know, my dad left me and my sister, and there's no way in hell I'd ever do that to my kids. So my kids have always come first. Now that they're getting older, I'm going to be able to. It's going to free up some more time. Uh, for you don't have babies anymore. No, but they're still young. Yeah, exactly. she's she's 13, he's 11. Okay. Dad can but, fuck off for two weeks and not have a tragedy around the house. Thank you. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And so that's kind of what I'm positioning because my heart is on the road because I, I toured for 25 years, and imagine having to stop that and make a decision to say, hey. I want to raise my kids. Yeah. I don't want to get another relationship. I've had three failed marriages. What do you do? Go get another relationship? Not work on yourself? I like myself a lot. Groundhog more. Day for idiots. Dude, I like myself a lot more now than I did then. I know it's nice settling into yourself. It almost takes 50 years, right? I know, I'm 50, bro. Yeah, I just turned 48 in December. Yeah, it's good. And uh, I found some clarity, and uh, you know, I'm. You know, I lived, born in Canada, 71. I move, my career kind of goes, you know, I started comedy in 96 uh, in Vancouver. And then uh, I moved to England. And then I moved here when I got my green card. And the first two years were awful that I was here. I went from a rigorous touring schedule in a dozen countries in and around uh, Europe. And uh, I show up here and it was like purgatory. So I was forced to really take a hard look at myself. Yeah. And that was sucked. Because, you know, I was on the tour. It does suck. Dude, I was in the circus every fucking day. Dude, dude, dude. Everything. You know. And then I got here and they're like, fuck you. Get in line, asshole. And I'm like, I am the motherfucking line. No, the line is over there. I'm in a soup kitchen lineup for my career now. <laughs> I've been out there kicking ass and taking names. So that is, is uncomfortable. It was in the beginning. It was work that had to be done, and it was. Uh, yeah. I took those um, those opportunities of being not having the same opportunities that I had elsewhere to to reflect on and do my own my work yeah. on me I, it's always a work in progress but well, a, a lot of the stuff that you touched is, on was things that I've gone through yeah. yeah big time I think I think a lot of people do and like I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm not like the way I look at it is I don't think you seem very realistic person I am dude and I'm not trying to be better than anyone else it just works for me I'm, I gotta figure out my life humbly I'm not realistic out other people's lives no. I'm not trying to like be like this. that's another form of procrastination yeah I'm not that's not I'm just saying if anything that you can share to someone else can pick up on pick up what you want leave the rest kind of thing like like say like okay well uh, you know I like to always share that thing about the subconscious thing about listening because I think that it, it's beneficial to save someone's life to me it was beneficial and maybe that could help someone else go oh I want to change something about myself maybe I'll try that and if that works cool thanks you know what I mean so the more uh, friends of mine through the comedy community a little more uh, intellectual um in the psychological aspect of it. I've learned so much through podcasting. Other people's podcasts with similar problems, well, a medical of, professionals. A lot of, it seems like every comedian has a podcast. Yeah, it's necessary now. It's like flyering uh, a punk rock band. I have a podcast. It. Yeah, you should have a podcast. I do. It's called The Rick Thorne Show. Listen, I did I did ESPN Radio for nine years. I, I remember. And then it was early podcasts, and then I was getting paid for it, right? Mm. And then when that went away, I started my own podcast, 
But that's when it was harder. Yeah. And I was like, fuck this, I ain't making any money off this, I ain't doing it. I wish I would have stayed with it because I would have like a thousand episodes. By yeah. Now. And, uh, but yeah, man, mine's called The Rick Thorne Show. I got to plug that. Very cool. And yeah, mine's uh, not so much just about comedy or so much about sports. It's about all kinds of Life. people doing rad shit. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, uh, yeah, just cool. throw it out there. Yeah, yeah. Well, you should, uh, no, you should. Uh, I'm going to be doing some shows in Vancouver in the spring. Sick. Why don't you come and do some gigs with me? Dude, that would be sick. Yeah? Vancouver, yeah. Yeah, yeah, because the, the flight's like 100 bucks return, and it's you can get in and out from Cali to Vancouver. It's a short flight. Well, for 100 bucks? Well, the flight's 100 bucks, but I'll, I'll fix it and come and do some guest spots with me in Vancouver. Dude, I'd be down. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I think that'd be rad. And I'm going to have Miron in uh, Osado. Oh, come on? Uh, uh, yeah, Jay and Dave come all the time. Oh, fuck yeah. Dave's fuck a yeah. firefighter. I know. And, and Jay's, Jay's a heart... A wood builder. Dude, like... A, like, badass wood builder. Badass. Is that what you would call it? What does it call it? I know what to... <laughs> like a craftsman or like a... He's a... He's a it's uh, a name for it. Finnish carpenter? Carpenter. 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 He's carpenter. a total car... It went from building... Giant ramps in Whistler for Red Bull. Wait, what is that word? C- c- carpenter? Carpenter. Never heard of it. No, no. <laughs> no, so he started building big ramps and then, yeah. Yeah. So Jay is. fucking badass. Man. Jay is badass. He was always. So yeah, oh yeah, we t- I toured with Jay so many, so many, yeah. Yeah, I'm I know, glad. I know I'm Jay glad. real well. I don't yeah. know the politics, like in, like in comedy and in any close knit circles and stuff like that. But Jay is also, uh, you know, a major pioneer and yeah. uh, inter- innovator. BMX parts, you know, he was oh, making McNeil. Yeah, he was yeah. making all innovative. Uh, I think socket pegs in the. Uh, Here's the reality about BMX. Mm. There's not that much money in it. No. <laughs> no, no. No, I mean, because here's the deal. Everyone makes really good bike parts. The things you go through really are grips and tires and shit, maybe pedals. I mean, you may bend bars every now and then, but realistically, like, your frame could last you for a long time. Yeah. Long time. And they're made that way. So there's no turnover. Mm. And with less people not... I'm not saying that there aren't a lot of people in BMX, because there is, but as more people got into it, more companies sparked up. So with more companies and more riders, it's kind of the same balance. So, like, there's really no money in it. Even if you run those companies, yeah. like... It's very mom-and-pop operation. I mean, I know a, a pretty popular uh, uh, rider-owned industry company that's been around for, I don't know, 20 years that just recently went out of business. What company? Uh, F- FBM. FBM? Yeah. Really? I, well, I saw it on Crandall's Instagram. Back old men. Yeah, and I'm like, you know... Uh, Is that Robbie Morales? No, no that's, that's Steve Crandall. But not... not what I'm, The reason I brought that up is just to make a point that, like, it's your life... You're barely getting by, and you just spent all these years where you got like you're not you're not making any money. And if you got mouths to feed on top of that, so that why do you think I went into different stuff? Yeah, yeah, of course. I can't I can't well, ride you, off of my ex. But because you did, yeah. you're still relevant and you're still present. Where a lot of your I knew that I knew that I knew that years ago, and I thought the more things you can get into. Well, these kids, you were kids. No one knew what the fucking business. I was I, I was actually blessed, and why you got fucked over a few times out of the gate. Well, not only that, but but I was blessed by the fact that I did. I want to say that if I was not the first, pretty close to it, uh, commentator that was competing at the same time. So I got so I got asked to do a show for ESPN that I did for four years, but all the whole time I'm still competing. Most people do that stuff after they're done. So you got to take into consideration. I would show up to X Games, and I would be doing a radio show and a TV show and competing, and then leaving to go on tour. So it wasn't like the other guys that I was competing against that were just there to strictly compete. 
I was juggling multiple careers for years. And, but I, I, I had to because I was like, dude, this is a great opportunity. And I always thought it was a good way to get more people into this shit, what we're doing, you know? And most of the guys don't have enough personality or charisma to be even endeavoring those things. No, but I think I learned, like, I mean, either born with a personality or not. I mean, you can't really force it. But <laughs> be honest. I mean, you're a loser. You're born a loser. Oh, okay, listen. Yeah. Not, yeah. You work on yeah. yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Listen, you're fucked. If you're, if you're stiff as a board, I don't know what to tell you. Like, you other, better, bo- other boards might find you, you funny. You learn how to walk on your hands or something like something, that. Something, bro. Get it, get it. Get it, get it. Get, 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 get a fucking... The fucking clue, bro. Get a clue. Fuck out of here, huh, Tony, huh? <laughs> Dead weight. <laughs> Fuck. So, yeah, so then I got into the comedy thing about eight months ago. I'm still real green, still new, still learning that, like, you know, uh, the shit I say to you, because we have a relationship as friends, might be funny, but in front of motherfuckers that don't know me, they ain't going to be laughing that much. No. <laughs> no. I learned that real quick. Yeah. I was like, damn, all right, okay, that'll work. Comics, <laughs> as you quickly realize, like, we we, we have a, uh, you know, if there's an asshole, they get exiled very quickly. It's all intention. So you can talk oh, about any circle of, yeah, uh, of the comics. Circle. It, look it. it. They like to pretend that it's a circle, but the community is very fragmented. There's a lot of... It's fucking high school girls doing comedy. Do you know what I notice, though, is when I go to different open mics... Territorial. East Coast, West Coast shit. No, I'm not... Yeah, I'm not... Yeah, it is. I'm not saying that, that it's a bad thing, but, like... I notice that like certain people hang out at certain open mics and there's certain cliques that go and I'm going by myself. This is Click City. You know that. Yeah, but I'm just saying that like this group only goes to this spot, this group goes and I, I don't care. I, mean, I don't give a shit. I'm just there to practice anyways. But I just kind of uh, make an analogy of like, oh wow, okay, I always see this these dudes here, but I don't see them at this spot over here. So it seems like you're just telling jokes to your friends and everyone's laughing. Exactly. Relationship, but are you there really... You can't take your audience on tour with you. That's what I'm saying. They show up an hour out of town and start doing their fucking coffee uh, house uh, monologues. It's fucking diarrhea. Yeah. It's diarrhea. Oh, coffee, oh, monologues, yeah. Well, like this... Testimonials. Yeah, these long-winded, go-nowhere, where's the funny... But there's this is... Where's the punchline, you know? Where's the rebellious, you know... I got into this stand-up thing to be a villain. This is good. Darth Vader. Yeah. Um, Mad Max that shit. Mad Max That's that what shit. I'm Mad Max Listen, that man, shit. I'm saying this. I'm I, look. What are people? Already, what's the news? It's already Mad Max out there already. Oh, the news is Mad. It's fucking. Mad Max. Here's you know in what my opinion about the news, bro. No, 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 no. Let's go. Okay, okay, okay. Listen, I got rid of my cable. Because that shit gives you anxiety, bro. Oh, yeah. And so I tested You talk about it. listening to things when you're sleeping? Thank you. That can do the other shit. No, I, I haven't watched it using... Uh, bro, I got... It's rid- propaganda for cancer. That's all it is. Bro, it's mind control. And here's the deal. Garbage. I, I, I got rid of my cable. I'm saving 80, 90 bucks a month that I have anxiety. Like, to hear a bunch Spend of... Spend on yoga class. Tapping into my fear, like, <laughs> with your... And I, I personally think that all the commentators uh, are, like, they have a, a character handle. They're like, Hannity. He's like, oh, no, 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 oh, no, no, oh, no. let me freak you out. And you're like, ah, ah, turn this shit off, ah! <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, so the, Muppet, it. it's the Muppet it Show. It for me, man. It's, pu- it's the Muppet Show. But at least I watched it for years, though, bro. Well, because you life. think it's your duty. Whole, yeah, you You're bred into it to think that, okay, if I want to be, uh, uh, see what's happening in the world, I need to look at the news. 
But the news is a, a, a narrative to create a anxiety. Well, they're selective on what they show. There's millions of things oh, that yeah. happen a day. That, that's been going on since Go. It's gross. Yeah, I got rid of it. I don't want to watch, like, what's his name? Uh, Anderson Cooper ever again. I'm no. just, like, over it. I don't know. I Peace. Don't, I don't watch any of it. I wouldn't know one from I'd the other. I'd rather watch this guy in a Hitman Heart. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, he's from, he's from uh, uh, Edmonton, which is a real shithole. And I'm from, a sh- I'm from just outside of Toronto. You guys do go moose tipping and shit. Moose tipping. Yeah. That's a hate crime in Canada. Good luck tipping a moose. So fucking buck your ass. Dude, have you ever seen a moose? They're huge. Dude. The belly's here. I know, they're huge, bro. How are you going to tip that damn thing? The belly, the moose. Antlers, what do you call them? Antlers. The antlers are like, I don't know what, 50? You ever eat a moose? I have moose. Is it good? It's it's. a chewy? I think it'd be chewy. I've had moose, uh, some steak that was done okay. But listen, it'd be like a horse, horse meat. Nah. What is? Caribou. Caribou? Yeah, I think caribou is better. Caribou I know in Finland they eat a lot of rain. Caribou Impossible Burger? <laughs> that would be good. That would be good. Here's my deal about that. I don't care if you're vegan, vegetarian, I can give a shit less. I care about what I eat. You eat whatever you want. I don't care. I'm that guy. But if you're going to make a hamburger that you don't, but you don't want hamburger, why do you make it look like a hamburger and make Shapes. it bleed like a Chicken hamburger? nuggets. Yeah. That's the part I don't understand. Make it look like a carrot or like a, like a piece of spinach. Because people want all the power with none of the guilt. I guess. Oh, that's a they, good one. Yeah. They want all that. They want all the If you're really against meat, why do you want to make something fake that makes it look like it bleeds like meat? It looks like meat if you don't want meat. Take somebody. I don't care. I'm just saying it's an analogy. I was like, wait, this doesn't make any sense. I'm from Hamilton, Ontario. You guys eat meat over there? We eat rusty nails that are dead guys' faces. You guys eat rats and shit. Eat rats. Ah, possums and shit. I was, my baby picture is me with a dead rodent in my mouth. Ragdolling it under my... Here's my deal. If you want to eat Impossible Burger all day long... Possum Burger? No, imp, imp, or that, or Possum. Possum. They should do Possum Burgers, but bill it as an Impossible Burger. What do you think? Burger. Start the coronavirus, bro. Coronavirus. Yeah, people eating all kinds of weird shit. Is that something along the like the mad cow stuff too? I don't know. That's just rumors I hear. I don't fucking know. But here, check it I out. Think we're onto something with this possum burger. If you want to eat possum or impossible burgers all day, I don't care. But I'm not. I'm not going to tell you how to eat. I could care less. If I want to eat cheeseburgers all day long, that's my business. Oh, I've eaten. No, I've eaten. Prostitutes out in third oh, world man, countries. You're going too far now. <laughs> oh, I, have no, I have no idea what he's talking about. <laughs> no. I didn't know you back then. <laughs> well, this is two weeks ago. <laughs> she was a drifter yeah, six days ago, at, a, at a bus stop. Ah, <laughs> uh, that see was. This is gone. I can see. See, you're somebody that has sponsors, so you have to. When I initiate eating out a hooker. Oh, you I don't go- care. You do whatever you want. That's you saying it, not me. I'm just listening. Like, well, all right, that's your deal, bro. <laughs> that's the thing. I, I put a lot of terrible things in my mouth. That, not that. That's not the worst thing I put in my mouth. But um, probably the worst thing I've eaten. Probably. Ah. Uh, puffin in Iceland. What is that? Do you know what puffin is? 
Oh, is it a fish? It's a bird. It looks like a little... Uh, <laughs> Whoa, you ate... Was it a cute bird? It's so cute! You don't eat the cute animals, dude. That's a no-no. I start with the cute. Dang. I, I, I ate four hamsters before I left the house. Raw. Hamsters are cute. <laughs> <laughs> I dip them in chocolate so I can't hear them screaming. Oh, my gosh. Go for it. How do they taste? Dude? I'm going to try it out. We'll do some gigs together. I can see I can see. I can see where your gig's at right now. I'm... Trying to behave myself. No, you don't have to. It's your show. No, but people say that, and then they lose their jobs. I've I've been banned anyway. You've been banned, <laughs> dude. Uh, oh, so if you get crazy, you're saying I lose my job. If I start to ramble on something that's horrific, then people will frame that and attack you. Oh yeah. Well, we don't. We got to get a gun and, and a primered. Uh, people, people just you know, people got too much time on their hands if they can do that. Oh, totally. Yeah. But anyhow, on the, uh, posi- on the positive side, first bike. Eat whatever you want. Uh, the first bike uh, that I had was what was my first? Was a dude. It was a bike from like a garage sale or something. First BMX. First BMX. <sighs> my first BMX. Oh, uh, if you want to call it a BMX, but back then it was a cheap, cheapy. It was a. Uh, uh, what was it called? A uh, Murray. Oh, Murray yeah. bikes. Murray. Remember Murray? Redline MX3 is what I had. It was Candapa red with gold uh, Toyga, Toyga ribs. Anyway, it was gold and red, and I hated the gold, so I took uh, oven cleaner uh-huh. and put it on all the anodized gold parts and cleaned it all off. Did you ever do that when you were a kid? We used to put oven cleaner on the yeah. anodized yeah, stuff. Yeah, you could take some of yeah. Shimano pedals and all that yeah, yeah, and yeah. buff it out. Yeah, see, my first bike was like a, 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 a Team Murray. Team Murray is what it was yeah. called. And it was from Kmart, bro. Yeah. It was like a cheapie, but it looked like a BMX. So it would be like a kid now. Was it all white? No, it was chrome with like blue. Blue okay. seat, blue highlights. It was, But all of it was like fake. Fake good parts. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like if, if it was Shimano pedals, they were fake. I remember. It was Diacom, fake Diacom brakes. Yeah, totally. It, it, they used all the models, but yeah. the quality, it was all But static. it's probably made in the same factory because a lot of that stuff, especially when you're running a bike company, is like, hey, here's a big book of sprockets. Pick out the sprocket you like and we'll put your logo on it. Uh, it's like that because there's so many accessories and a lot of stuff is made overseas. A lot of stuff is made Rips. in Taiwan. Yeah, like pedals they, they have molds they have so many molds for different styles of things already that pre-exist or if you want to get something made then they, they but, but back in the day it was like that like they'd leopard skin it and put they'd it have like a 200 it. pedals and be like okay we want these pedals put our logo on it and this 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 and that's just the way it was back then yeah. um, mass production yeah I mean it's just you know it, it is what it is but that was my first bike and like and then after that what, what, what I did was were you doing flatland like all of us well, but this is pre-flatland. This is like just jumping curbs and stuff, right? And maybe a willy or something, right? But the reality was, is it was about the accessories. Like, I kept the frame, but I would order like a seat post clamp. Yeah, you'd upgrade. And, then, and even back then, it was all mail order. And we're talking like 81, 82. You know what I'm saying? So it, it, even today, BMX is like really a, still a mail order driven. Well, obviously with websites now, it's different, but... It's really mail order. I everything. remember all you know the BMX Plus and Freestyle and Dan's comp in yep. the back, all the mail, and we just like oh, because we drive over to Buffalo. We actually went over to Buffalo and watched Martin and Dave Volker at oh, a wow. GT demo in '86. Oh, that's sick! Isn't that crazy? Wow, that is crazy. 
That was crazy. We that were we crazy. were freaking out. We were freaking out all the way there. Yeah, this is '86. Dang. 86, 86 and Dave Volker was like no one was doing street stuff Dude, like he was that shredding right? yeah Lord Volker's badass right? have you seen his son no he oh rides gosh he kills it really yeah I think his name is Cole and uh bro He's got Volker. Yeah, dude, he's good. He's really, really good. Uh, he's really good. Generation, even uh, like he's good. Like, like, like his dad. They're both. Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's good. Yeah, Dave was like. What was the plywood hoods and uh, uh, um, Dave Volker? Agro man, agro man stuff. Dave, Dave was more with the agro. Kevin man. Jones. I think him and. Well, Kevin Jones. Kevin Jones and Mark Eaton were the plywood hoods from York, Pennsylvania. And then you're talking about the dudes that were like SoCal. Eddie Roman made the videos, yes. but Dave Volker was part of that. Yes. But they, but but I don't think Dave Volker was a dirt brother. No. The dirt brother was Vic Murphy and those guys. Eddie Roman was a dirt brother. But they all they all hung out together. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Dave might have been a dirt brother. I don't know, but I never looked at him like he was. He was his own pro kind of dude, you know, because he was already doing it big, you know. And they were but, doing comedy sketches and stuff too. Oh, in those videos, yeah. yeah they're Bro, I got this video of Spike Jones that did that 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 uh, Spike Jones did of Eddie Roman at Matt's house in like nineteen. I'd say nineteen. It's pre Hoffman, maybe ninety or ninety one. Okay. I still have it. I have a bunch of that old stuff. They just did like a home, like this little skit that that Spike filmed of, of Eddie. Okay. Uh, it's pretty cool. Must be hilarious. Cause you know Spike's from the BMX world. Yeah. Spike Jones. Oh, he's a photographer for freestyling. Well, he used to ride. Spike before that. Ah. I'll tell you a little story. Back in the day, my best friend, like I said earlier, was Dennis McCoy, and he used to get a lot of fan mail. Yeah, a lot. You know, especially after he became like number one pro, right? And he said, "Hey, check out this letter I got from this kid." And it was a dude doing like a one-footed table, and this uh, a quarter pipe looked like in the woods, and he had taken like a. It's Xerox, so it was like Xerox photo. Yeah. And he had taken some colors and colored it in and shit, and it seemed pretty cool. And he had a little, he, and then at the bottom he wrote a letter. And at the bottom, it was his school photo, looked like a little kid, and it was Spike. And Spike was, uh, wow. we didn't know, but he, Dennis probably still has a letter. Yeah. And he was, he saves all his shit, I think. But like, he was a fan of Dennis, and so I always knew Spike as like Rockville BMX. Which was, oh, right, right. which they was had a, a mailing big mailing order. They yes, yes. In the back of yes. I'm having like these huge flashbacks. Right. From so 30 years ago. So he was from that scene, right? And then when Spike became the photographer for freestyling and then Go, he, he was really go. Yeah, he was really good friends with Ron Wilkerson, and so him, Andy, and Lou. Two hit bikes. Yeah, him, Andy, and Lou, that did, uh, uh, that ended up doing Dirt Magazine and all that. Yeah. Uh, they were the guys really running the BMX industry for a while. And then they branched off, obviously, because like we said earlier, you know, if, if you, you either get content with what you're making and the, the ceiling that you've hit in BMX or you expand out, you know? I'm just being real. Like, you could keep riding your whole life, uh, but if you don't tour and all you do is ride, you probably won't do as good. But that's even more good. relevant now, even more so now. Yeah. Podcasting. This, that you gotta be good but, at a, a dozen things. But dude, there's a bunch of bike riders that do podcasts. Yeah. You know, it's they like... They have to. They keep, it's, real, keep in, in But it's fun. Yeah. It's fun too, you know? And so like, 
there, I mean, there's a bunch. There's a, what, I, what I mean by that is not hitting the ceiling, but I think like Spike was obviously super duper creative dude. So I think there was only so much he was allowed to do in our industry. Yeah. So he got into skateboarding, which is a little bit more open towards art and stuff like that at the time, which led to where he is now, which he's amazing. He, Look at Rooftop. Rooftop's another example. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like, I haven't really followed him that much, but I, I was seeing uh, he, you know, Etnies, uh, I'd see him in BMX related shit, and then he started doing more social media stuff, skydiving, about X, Y, you know, yeah. these other things that I was like, okay, this is, I see it catching on. You, yeah. ha- you have to do that. Yeah, you do. I mean, but but you kind of like it's exciting, and if you're and if you're offered the opportunity, and if you set new goals for yourself, I mean, you know, I don't want to be a guy that's just doing the same tricks at the same park my whole life. It's like the and guy not do anything else, yeah. not not challenge myself with other stuff. It doesn't mean you got to quit riding. It's like, hey, I want to learn how to act. Go to acting school. Hey, I want to learn comedy. Because you're not afraid of failing. That's the key, man. And it's, it sounds so simple, but there's so many people who are paralyzed with fear. Just the, how many people did you grow up with that have never left their, the town that you're in, that you grew up in? I mean, we moved a lot. I don't really remember anybody in my town except yeah. for the bike riders because yeah. it wasn't until about ninth, 10th grade we settled down. I moved a lot, a lot, a lot. Yeah. I, I went to six different public schools and probably lived in 10 different places before I was 10 years old. Yeah, so you get it. It's, yeah. hard, it's hard to establish a foundation. My, parent, my parents, my dad left when I was four, you know, single parent. Uh, 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 um, what do you call them? Projects. But here's the deal. Now that I have kids, oh, I hear you, dude. But now that I have kids, uh, just because you grow up and you go to the same school with people and you think that that's all like, oh, I wish I would have had that. I see what my kids go through too. I'm like, they're realizing that, like, who their real friends are, who their friends aren't. And and you, you did all the hard work. Yeah, you learn that. You learn that by either moving around or. You know, moving around to school to school could also be beneficial, like it was for you, being able to be social and be able to adapt yourself to situations. Other people that are used to the same thing, confined their whole life, they're not. And so there's a, there's a, there's a plus to it. It was terrible as a child. But it's a plus. Being uprooted and having, being introduced to school after yeah. school to school, it was like, Lord of the... It forces you to be social yeah, and yeah. reach out and talk to people. I had to, you And know. be confident. And, and not, not be in the circle. And once you get out of the circle, like, I don't know what I want to do. And a lot of people said, get these codependent relationships in these social circles that are sinking ships anyway. It's all dead weight nonsense. I know you got to go. I do. I fucking... I know, I don't mean to be rude. Look, no, I no, no. my daughter from school. Dude, I, it is it's such a pleasure, man. Yeah, and I, and I'm so stoked that you, you live down the street from me. Yeah. And it's awesome. And uh, we're going to we're gonna do Vancouver. I'm down, dude. You're going to have a good time. I love Vancouver. We're going to have Jay and Dave come out. We'll get some old fucking BMX. Come Jay's out. gonna bring tomatoes. I know it. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, that's right. Fuck you, Thorn. Damn, fuck, dude. What are you doing? We'll burn down your wood shop. <laughs> <laughs> no, we'll, we'll we'll take a bag of termites and just throw them in there. Oh yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Go suck it. Oh yeah. Just release some Hastings Street junkies into the wood shop. Okay. They'll eat all the sawdust. He's going next level. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll do it. But thanks again. And uh, where can people uh, find you? Uh, just my name, you know, Rick Thorne, Instagram. I'm usually on Instagram quite a bit, yeah. but it's the same with Facebook, Twitter, all that. And then I have my website, rickthorne.tv, Very cool. which is like, I try to keep it updated, but I really am on my Instagram the most, yeah. you know, like, uh, there's so many different, you know, obviously platforms, but, um, that's the main, main spot. Yeah. And, uh, you heard it here first. Look for, uh, Rick Thorne's, uh, appearance dates in Vancouver in, uh, 2020. So. 
Yeah, man. I'm, we'll ride. It'll be cool. Let's do it. Thanks again, Thank brother. You, brother. I appreciate it. Thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, I'm in uh, Regina, Saskatchewan, the first week of April. And then uh, September, October, uh, Toronto, Ontario area. And I think Norway in June. But we'll see. Thanks for listening to the podcast, everybody. Thanks for uh, hanging out. And uh, we'll see you again soon. I don't care what society thinks. Good or nothing anyway.